For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. But again, check out the... Call in number to leave a voicemail or call in now. We'll try to record live earlier in the week, so call in if you'd like. 646-820-9848. Again, 646-820-9848. Your thoughts on everything combat sports, boxing, kickboxing, Grappling, jiu-jitsu tournaments, but above all, MMA. Bellator, you had a Nurmagomedov, an undefeated Nurmagomedov. There's like four of them walking this earth. Took down the pit bull in Bellator last Friday. You had Vadim Nemkov, a Team Fedor member. Bouncing back from a one-way traffic beatdown that ended in a disqualification against Corey Anderson as well this past weekend. Hopefully, Bellator Scott Coker can run that back, make all things fair. Derek Lewis and Spivak... Sergey Spivak did not fight this weekend, which was very, very weird. I didn't fight this weekend, but I've been sparring a good amount. Getting my shots in, receiving on the end of some shots. All is good, though. Happy Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving week. Also, shout-outs to Chris Weidman. I was wondering where his Won't Back Down podcast feed disappeared to on the Apple podcast feed and Spotify podcast feed. No, it's not that Chris is inconsistent and lazy and doesn't see a future in media. It's the exact opposite. Chris has always been extremely media savvy, even while he was a UFC champion. He's always done some bits, sketches, whether it's on uh, the Kevin James sitcom or for MSG. He, I think he had a he had a weekly show at some point. I saw he was doing some uh, something with uh, everybody's boy Raging Al Yaquinta pre UFC 281 uh, for a I believe it was a betting show. 
I haven't checked it out, but I saw the tweet and I I retweeted it. They could have been talking about their top five favorite porn stars, and I retweeted it. But I try to be a shill for Strong Island fighters, and yeah, Chris did not pack his bag and catch a bus and leave New York. Figuratively speaking, he he actually did that, but. What he did do, media-wise, was get his Won't Back Down podcast picked up by SiriusXM. This is where I would play the applaudi- applaudience, uh, the audience applauding sound drop right here. Because that's a good job. That is a good job. He did not back down to the podcast trolls. He stood up. And now he's conquering on Sirius XM. So credit to Chris, the All-American Weidman. Great job by you. And I was just listening to Chris interview Matt Steamrolla for Vola. And again, guys, while you, you are joining this link and tuning in because you want to know about the John Jones and Francis Ngannou news, What's going to happen? Is it going to happen? Is this just a rumor or are we getting some steam? Where do Stipe Miocic and Cyril Gaon play in the big heavyweight picture? I will get to that in just a few minutes. But first, again, cannot speak enough about the fantastic performance that was UFC 281 undercard Matt Steamroller Frivola. Get an amazing, amazing knockout. Beautiful handiwork. Taking down another undefeated fighter. Speaking of Francis Ngannou, the previous fight for Matt Frivola was UFC 270. The last time we saw Francis Ngannou, it's like Matt just attracts to these big-time cards. UFC 270, Francis Ngannou, surreal gone. What a fight for the MMA landscape by Francis Ngannou. Fast forward to November. Matt's knocking out another undefeated guy. It was Hanaro Valdez in January. This time, Ottoman Azatar at MSG from the Honda Center in January to Madison Square Garden, coast to coast, Cali to NYC. Wow. Steamroller. That was a great job by Matt Steamroller for Vola. Congrats to him. And the whole Team Steam, get your merch. I'm sure there's a link on Matt Frivola's social media, Instagram, or Twitter that you can find your merch and perch your merch. So don't waste any time. I've been wasting a lot of time. Let me get to the biggest headline and why you guys are tuning in. To this live podcast of the Octagon. John Jones has not seen action inside of a cage. He's seen plenty of action out on the streets and inside of a cell over the last two plus years. But when John Jones is rumored to return in March of 2023, that will be Three plus years of waiting for John Jones to return. The rumor is 
And if you're playing the logic game and engineering this, Stipe Miocic is outpricing himself. He may be demanding too much. He may want a lot more respect from the UFC, and that could equate financially. But the UFC does not want to step up for Stipe to pay him that price. Which is ridiculous. If you look at this from the broad picture, he's the greatest heavyweight the UFC has ever had. He's carried himself like a true professional. I mean, my goodness. This man <laughs> was a full-time fireman before coming the UFC champ. What a freaking story. Just never really could click with the mainstream masses of the mixed martial arts community. Maybe he's mumbled too much. Maybe he doesn't project enough. Maybe he's not clear enough. I, I just think he expects people to respect his actions in the cage and for that to be enough for them to just take their time, slow down, and listen to him. Not everybody's Conor McGregor or Israel Adesanya, both paradigm sports clients under the same management team, Audiotar. Not everybody's going to be on the cover of video games or magazines or in movies. Not everybody's Michael Bisbing just... Extremely captivating when you put a mic in front of him. Stipe does all of his talking with his hands. And that's a novel at this point. And that's a novel that the UFC should go back and read. Read the footnotes. Again, longest winning streak in UFC heavyweight history. Does not hold the last loss of Francis Ngannou. That was a few months later against Derek Lewis, which a lot of people forget. But Francis Ngannou had to start to look in the mirror when he lost to Stipe Miocic because he was out-game-planned, outsmarted. Had to really be humbled. And Stipe did that. That's one of the greatest victories in UFC heavyweight history by one Stipe Miocic. And then after that, Stipe did take a ton of damage. And six months later, he stepped in there to face Daniel Cormier. We all know what happened there. The overhand right from the clinch. Sent Stipe reeling. Good night, Irene. What did Stipe do after that? Take a full year off, return 13 months later, UFC 241. If you guys remember, Nate Diaz, Anthony Pettis, Paulo Costa, Yoel Romero! 
That was a fun, fun, fun card. Stipe again. Stipe. Stipe again was getting beat in the boxing exchanges. But then his coach, I believe going into the fourth round, just told him to dig to the body, basically step it up. We're seeing this more and more now. The Leon Edwards comeback in the fifth. The Alex Pajera comeback in the fifth as well. And then Stipe Miocic. That was about four, uh, three, three years ago. Three years and change ago. And Stipe put it on DC. Just heavy left hooks to the body. And DC crumbled. And Stipe asserted himself as the greatest heavyweight. Fast forward to UFC 260, the last pay-per-view in the UFC's Apex Center. Stipe Miocic, ah, he was not fully in or fully out of the pocket. He was caught in between Francis Ngannou with a heavy check hook. An awful end in the Stipe's night. Francis Ngannou becomes king. Francis Ngannou fights the pupil that was in Sarogan. Ferdinand Lopez, the original coach before Eric Nixick, the original coach of Francis Ngannou, then coached Sarogan up to championship status and level. And woo, that was that was a terrific performance by Francis Ngannou, who had a blown-out knee, who did not want to re-sign with the UFC, who was going into that fight with a ton and ton of pressure. And he came through. Incredible. Incredible. UFC 270, as I mentioned earlier, the same card where Matt Frivola knocked down incredibly Genero Valdez about five times. So, with that scene being set, what's taking John Jones? You know, I don't think it's John Jones this time. I know he hired this very experienced boxing Manager to manage his negotiations. Dana White stepped up his level by hiring Hunter Campbell, who is a lawyer by trade and is learning to be uh, a manager of sorts, be more personable, make a ton of public appearances, learn to be comfortable in the public eye. I feel like Dana White is grooming Hunter Campbell for probably post ESPN era, let's say about three years, Hunter will take over. Maybe Dana will just, no more press conferences, no more travel around that much, just be headquartered and stationed in Las Vegas, be the wizard of Nevada, basically. Run the show from behind the curtain, let Hunter break his teeth around the world, travel Traveling to Shanghai, Perth, Russia, Africa, Rio de Janeiro, Canada, all over the U.S. 
I could see Dana White by the time he is 60 hanging up the boarding passes. But in the meantime, Dana White is still at the forefront of everything, public and private, UFC-related. Dana White met, met with the aforementioned boxing, former boxing manager that is now John Jones' manager. And John Jones basically broke privacy by tweeting about the meeting, the meeting went well, the meeting went well, basically saying that it's, it's not me, guys, it's not me, guys, it's not me. And that is about, I, I think that was about last year. I think John Jones 100% was going to take off a year at least. But maybe in hindsight he's happy that he's taken off multiple years. You know, Dominic Reyes really did have his number early on in that fight, UFC 247, if I remember. Dominic Reyes was laying heavy body shots, heavy pressure, a ton of output. John Jones, like Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker, did climb back into the fight to win it on the judges' scorecard and pull back the belt into his corner. Now, John Jones is trying to do what very few have done in this sport. Amanda Nunes, Henry Cejudo, Conor McGregor, Daniel Cormier. Try to be a champ champ, a double champ, a multiple division belt holder. Can he do it? Maybe. He's shown that he's gained the weight. He's north of 250. He's shown that he's agile. He's released these little clips, like a movie teaser of him wrestling in Cejudo's gym, of him hitting pads. And again, any clip you guys see, it is not at Wink John in Albuquerque. Mike Winklejohn, the dude with the glasses, who you see training Holly Holm. Uh, who else? I believe it's Carlos Condon. And John Jones for so many years. Following John Jones' latest run-in with the law that was the UFC Hall of Fame induction. I believe that was July of 2000. When the hell was that? Was that a year ago? Was that this past July? My goodness. Mike Winklejohn did what John Jones needed a while ago. He kicked him out of the gym, has not allowed him back in. Now, who knows? I would hope that Mike Winklejohn could hold his ground and make John Jones train an entire fight camp, fight one of the biggest fights of his life outside of the gym. If Mike Winklejohn lets him in at the start of the year in the lead-up to this huge 
rumored UFC 285 matchup against Francis Ngannou. Then he caved in. He's weak. I think if you really want to teach John a lesson, let him fight without Mike. And even if he wins, it's okay. He bettered himself. Mike, you were a part of that. That's fine. Don't feel like maybe John's going to put a chip on his shoulder saying, I never needed them. I never needed them. Screw them. I'll never look back. I could I could totally imagine John Jones being of that type of mindset leading into one of the biggest fights of his career. I could see that. I would like for Mike Winklejohn to hold true to his guns and not allow John Jones in during this training camp. Now, my apologies if I did miss it and John Jones is back at Wink John and training. Wink John. Jack Wink. Oh, my goodness. Greg Jackson, Mike Winklejohn. I keep saying Wink John. I want to know your thoughts. Again, guys, leave a voicemail when I'm not live. Or if you're lucky enough to catch me on Twitter, at Ike Feldman, at Ike Dagon, I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N. Give me a call, 646-820-9848. Let me know your thoughts, opinions. On John Jones versus Francis Ngannou. What's going on with Stipe Miocic? Is Francis Ngannou returning too soon? You've seen many fighters deal with knee injuries. Robert Whitaker, Dominic Cruz. And if I'm John Jones, what is one of your best weapons? The oblique kick. What is now one of Francis Ngannou's weakest points of area? His knee. Very interesting. Very interesting. And you know John Jones. If it's, I was about to say if it's legal, he'll do it. But he, he will do illegal stuff as well. Whether it's an elbow or whether it's a PED, he will do, or an eye poke. He will do legal stuff. So, Even if the oblique kick was banished from all of MMA, John Jones would do it. And so, oh, I, 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 oh, I've been doing it or, uh, e, uh, for years. Uh, e, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have to mean it when you say sorry, kids. You have to mean it. A rumor attached to this fight, John Jones and Francis Ngannou, is Curtis Blades would be the alternate. If Francis Ngannou does not return by March, the UFC, Dana White, and Hunter Campbell 
would make an interim title for John Jones Curtis Blades. You know what? That makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense. That would give Francis Ngannou to the midsummer, probably July, to return against the winner. Oof! Is he going to knock out Blades for a third time? Is he going to be fully recovered to face a very confident now John Jones? I love that fight for John Jones. He doesn't have to worry about Blades' speed, punching, kicking. He'll get to feel the strength of a heavyweight wrestler. Ooh, I love that fight for Jones. If you're a Jones fan, you take that fight before Francis. That means he'll either fight Stipe or Francis with a lot more confidence. Hey, and why can't Stipe and Francis Ngannou put on a trilogy? It's one apiece. Why not? I'm sure both men would want to sign up for that. If Stipe is not going to get whatever percentage he's looking for with the John Jones fight, because he knows how big that fight's going to be. You have the greatest heavyweight of all, cha- all time, the greatest light heavyweight of all time. Dun, dun, dun. John Jones, the greatest light heavyweight. Dun, dun, dun. Stipe Miocic, the greatest heavyweight. Live now, UFC pay-per-view, ESPN+. Plus. You could totally see how the UFC is going to sell that. It's ridiculous. The writing is on the wall with this. How how would I say with this? This merry-go-round at heavyweight. But it's it's fun matchups. Throwing John Jones into the blender with the combination of John Jones, Stipe, Curtis Blades, Francis Ngannou, Surreal Gone. I like it. I like it a lot. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Who would you want to see Cyril Gon face? Him versus John Jones. I don't know if John Jones has the speed advantage. I don't know if he has the power advantage. The kickboxing advantage. John Jones might most certainly should have the wrestling advantage. Would you want to see John Jones versus a high-level striker or a high-level grappler in his debut fight at heavyweight? Again, follow me, find me on social media at Iktagon Everywhere. Iktagon.com if you want to know more about me. 
Give me a call. Let me know your thoughts and opinions. Six four six eight two zero ninety-eight forty-eight. I'm always pumping out content on the Octagon more consistently. Also on Pod Forbid, go check it out. There's different styles of podcasting. Still combat sports, but different styles, different personalities. I love it. At Pod Forbid Net. I love you guys. Thank you for the likes, the comments, the retweets, the listens, the feedback. I appreciate it. Your boy's training hard. I'm focused. I'm grinding through it. Life is good. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.